Hello and welcome to the newest episode of Paper Movies, a novelization book club. I'm Jeremy. I'm joined by Adam and Matthew. Unfortunately, we were supposed to have a guest, uh, AD slash librarian, but something came up for him and he he can't make it. Uh, we hope you're doing okay, bud. Anyway, let's talk about Halloween by Curtis Richards. This is a novelization of the original Halloween and not the Rob Zombie remake or the Halloween 2018 because this series is like the lamest series when it comes to naming its movies or kind of in general. But Halloween is about, well, about a guy named Michael Myers, six-year-old kid, kills his sister, ends up going to an insane asylum. He escapes. 15, 16 years later. And I don't know how to math, but <laughs> I don't either. Uh, um, he ends up stalking some teenage girls and he kills them. Yeah. But there's more to it. Everyone pretty much knows Halloween, it's the archetype of slasher movies. Even though it's a lot better made than most of those slasher movies are, it's it's pretty. It's an interesting book. It opens with a Celtic festival, like actual Celts, not mm-hmm. not the weird people that LARP. <laughs> not a Renaissance festival. Yeah, <laughs> they they throw <laughs> boulders and stuff. No, this is this is the festival of Sawin. And we have a guy who gets a, a case of uh, something I can't say on this podcast because he's he's weird looking, and the girl he likes doesn't want to be with him. She's going to be patrolled, uh, patroned. It's going to be at a party. Yeah, she's at a party, so maybe <laughs> betrothed. She's betrothed to someone else, so he gets mad. And with typical incel rage, he kills both of them and and then proceeds to be ripped apart by everyone. And they throw his remains off a cliff and curse him to walk the earth for an eternity. Cut to Halloween 1963, where Michael Myers' grandmother... Is telling Michael Myers' mother about how her gra- her father, yeah, her father got crazy and shot some people because, and he, he had these visions that Michael's having these nightmares. And well, mom doesn't really heed her advice, and thus Michael kills his sister after they have some graphic sex, which this is something we need to bring up in this book is the amount of. The amount of sex that happens, it's not the it's not like it's smut, but it's like borderline. Very, very much it's so. Very, it's I mean, I've read Stephen King and I've read worse. But so so Michael goes to the insane asylum, and we cut to Lori Strode, our protagonist for this book, which it takes a little bit to even get to her. Yeah. It we does. Have, which I kind of liked that we really set up the the story with Michael, which 
none of the sequel movies or sequel novelizations seem to talk about this, but Michael manipulating people in the asylum as a boy and how everyone was afraid of him. And it's implied that they taught him to drive. (laughs) Yes, that part's a little bit silly. It's like that was added just because, like, wait a minute, how can a guy in an asylum like well, for like 15 years learn how to drive. Well, in the movie, uh Loomis says, I bet you one of these people taught him to drive and like walks away. <laughs> I bet that was added just to be like, oh wait, uh, we never actually explained that. So we'll just throw in a line. <laughs> I, I'm fine with it. I uh, mean to me, the beginning of this book with that prologue, with everything with Michael Myers as a child was incredible. Yeah, I thought that was really good stuff. And yeah, that part at the party when they start ripping his body up is like, you it's know, gnarly. Revenge. It, it is. It's like so graphic, but like the rage that just fueled that from everybody. Like you just killed these two people because you're crazy. So they went crazy and uh, cursed him. So I thought that was really neat. It gave us a lot of information about what we have in the main storyline, like explains who Michael Myers is, what he could be possessed by. I thought it was great. Very detailed. It's, it's also, uh, as opposed to the original film, like this novelization, uh, we have Michael Myers talking like he's a young kid, but he like, but that's the only time ever in this original film or in the other original series that he actually talks. Yeah. He doesn't talk to the Rob Zombie movies. And then you wish he didn't. <laughs> I mean, I know that in some other movies and stories, they've always said, like, oh, yeah, he knows how. He just doesn't want to. Mm -hmm. But he's not Michael Myers anymore. And if I have one complaint about this book, it's that this is the only book where they don't really refer to him as the shape. Yeah. Because that's one thing I always hear people talk about, like with when it comes to Halloween and Michael Myers. Oh, he's the shape. He's this force that just moves. Which they did kind of go into that in the 2018 novelization. I remember yeah. having yeah, that, and, that and, uh, Halloween Kills. They refer to him as the shape, but like in these early novelizations, Halloween Two doesn't really refer to him as a shape. Like they, well, they'll refer to him as Michael. Well, first of all, these early books don't the. Michael Myers, you don't get his perspective on things, which is nice. It's not the 2018 one mm-hmm. or Halloween Kills. We don't need Michael Myers' perspective on things. He's a dude that doesn't speak the murders people for various reasons, depending on what movie or book we're in. Um, but I like that there is... A crazy it's the craziest motivation I think that Michael's had in any of any media, which is that he's possessed by an angry spirit of a Celt who makes him think that he's killing this Celt's the, the woman he loved. Yeah. Over and over and over again. And that he gets pleasure from it, which is really weird but like super psychotic that there's like a sexual pleasure. Yeah. It did hint towards that. It did. Which is, it's kind of, it's freaky to think about, but he's like in this, like, like stuck in this loop that he has to keep killing because they all 
remind him of his this guy's lover. Yeah, and it's like when he goes back to that house, like he went back to his childhood home, and it's like that kind of gave him more fuel to seek out the girls that were in that neighborhood to do what he did. And it's it's just a it's a weird story. I it's, like the origins. The origins of it, though, like that, like I said before, the prologue that really gave motivation and purpose to the story because it's been such a long time since I've seen the movie. I don't remember why Michael Myers did the things that he did. And I'm glad that you know we read this book and that well the movie the it, original movie there isn't a reason okay and that explains that, it that's that's the that's what's what I I think people don't understand because of these sequels it's what 2018 kind of tried to do but 2018 kind of Halloween 2018 kind of sucks and failed at it is they have one scene in 2018. And it's the scene where it's one shot. How uh, Michael Myers picks up a hammer and he starts picking people at random, going into their houses and beating them to death with a hammer. And then he switches to a knife. And he's just and he's picking people at random because he like walks by a baby. He looks at it, doesn't do anything with it. Yeah, I remember that. I think I remember reading that, like going off what you said about like Michael Myers gets some type of thrill out of this. Like I think I remember. If I remember correctly, they said that he had would get nothing out of killing a baby, so that's why he just left it alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, he, wasn't, he didn't go after the children, did he? I mean, oh, he was watching some kids pick on the little boy. Um, uh, his Tommy Doyle. Yes, Tommy. But he wasn't going to do any harm to that boy. I don't. We I don't, don't know. get anything. I didn't like get that implication. Like he was like, oh, there's a that boy. I want to kill that boy. It's like he just wanted to go after the girls until well, he, you know, he, wanted he saw the to, boys. Well, he, he picks Lori because Lori happens to drop the key off at the old Myers place, which they explain is sold, which is never brought up. And in, in, I just read Halloween's two, three and four. I did single cuts so far. Two and three are out right now and four will be out soon. They don't ever explain the Myers house sold to some like New Englanders that thought it was neat that it was haunted. <laughs> like that, I think that's a neat little uh, thing. Yeah, going off like uh, like why he does what he does, it was just like it was always like implied that you know he's just evil, and you know that's one reason why he can't die either is because you can't actually kill evil. And but I always. I honestly thought, and I might be jumping the gun here a little bit, like uh, how the book ended as the pair, uh, how the film ended. I, I think that that in a way kind of explained it a lot better because they're just like when Laura's just like, that was the boogeyman, wasn't it? And Loomis was like, as a matter of fact, it was. And mm-hmm. and then the, the novel ends. And I thought that that was actually a very, I thought I loved how they ended the novelization. And like, I know I'm said I'm going a little forward here but um it's fine we're gonna go all over the place with this but i i've always kind of liked that line i kind of felt like well that explains everything you know he's the boogeyman you know they he's evil you know yeah i love how the kids that tommy and the girl uh were watching scary movies and uh they keep referring to like yeah i saw the boogeyman the boogeyman's outside that was kind of like chilling too, you know. Yeah. You know, these kids see this guy in a mask walking around, just being kind of a creep. Like that's oh, the boogeyman. Can, can we talk about the 
the uh, the dynamic between Laurie Strode and her friends. Oh yeah, how are they friends? <laughs> I, I know, I, right? <laughs> it, it's so weird. I don't. I and I, I feel the same way in the movie to a certain extent. They kind of have a like that '70s show type of vibe of friends, where they're like just like. I think that '70s show was inspired <laughs> by, by this dynamic, but it's just yeah. There's reading this. I'm just like they are. Yeah, they're like very weird. <laughs> it's like it's just like they're I, like they have I'm, one thing on their mind the entire time. Yeah, they, they, wanting they to get want, laid, like get down and dirty. Yeah, the entire time. And Laura's just like, I just don't. She's not into that right now. I got too many yeah. other things to worry about. And that's why she's the protagonist. She's the one that's flushed out, which it's weird. I want to talk about Halloween 2 briefly because Halloween 2, Jack Martin tries to like explain how that these girls are friends with Lori and like Lori gives them all these character traits that you don't ever see. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's I won't get into that because it's actually a really good scene from Halloween 2 and you should definitely check it out. On the 80s slasher librarian's channel, where he has Halloween one through four unabridged audiobooks, because these books are a, a pain to track down. And yeah, I honestly was about to bring that up. Like, Halloween, the first one, is almost impossible to find. Like, you have to like basically be at that one right place, which might just be a random bookstore out in the middle of the country that doesn't know exactly what they're selling. Or like to be able to find it, or you just have to buy it, you know, the Kindle version, which I believe is what all three of us did. But I personally um I didn't buy it at all. I just didn't buy- to it. yeah, I I mean I bought it just so that way I can have some form of copy, but uh for the whole book I listened to the 80s slasher librarian and um uh, I just want to say he did a great job. He did with, with this audiobook, and you know, um so just wanted to give that shout out to him because like he did a great job with this audiobook. And mm-hmm. if you guys ever want to actually read this copy or you know, just get the story, definitely recommend checking out his YouTube channel. Yeah, and... which we'll provide a link down yeah. in that description box on YouTube. So yeah. Um, I will say that this this book was one of the novelizations that my mom read when it came out and she told me about it as a kid because I was a big fan of the fog novelization, which I hope we can do at some point on paper movies. Another John Carpenter with most of these John Carpenter novelizations are near impossible to find. I actually went to a bookstore out here, like close to where I live. And I was talking to this woman about the Halloween novelization and she's like oh yeah I used to have that one and I was just like kind of leaning in like do you by chance still have it and then she's like don't know what happened to it I was just like oh <laughs> just like so close <laughs> I mean this Escape from New York The Fog to a certain extent although it's a little easier to find um, The Thing those are so hard to find like I only have I was I have Dark Star. Dark Star for some reason has a novelization. I don't know why, but but that one got a novelization. But, um, I wanted to I want to bring something up here. Okay. The mask. 
The mask is different. It reminded me a lot of Alien and how the face hugger was different in the novelization. Like, just a weird detail. Because in Alien, the face hugger had an eyeball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in this, like, the mask has, like, red lips. Yeah, didn't it have darker eyes, too? Mm-hmm. Like, I think I remember them saying that was just, like, it was just, like, two empty black holes or something. Mm-hmm. I think it was around the time when Lori stabbed him with a hanger. Yeah, because I, blood comes out. Like in, in the movie of two, when she he gets shot in the eyes and blood comes down. Going something that we mentioned earlier, yeah. Like, I remember, like, that scene with... Uh, I, I'm terrible with names. Uh, you guys have to forgive me. But it's that it's the scene with... Uh, it's the couple that's, you know, you know they're in bed. It's the one where the Michael... Bob. Yeah, where he's the guy. Yeah, where he puts on the uh, he puts on that uh, ghost outfit, wearing his glasses. It went into more detail than I thought was necessary about their lovemaking scene. And I was oh, just like, yeah. I was just like, um, like, when is I was like, when is Michael Myers gonna kill somebody? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is it the the staff? Never mind. <laughs> We, can we talk about how Annie gets her guts like basically falling out of her? Oh yeah, I thought, like was that inspiration for a scream? It was inspiration yeah. to a lot of things. So yeah. I think that Halloween's script was a lot more graphic, but they didn't have the money, and that's that is something that I like the movie more for because it doesn't need like, no. the graphic. But this, it's like it's like an addition. Like I'm kind of like on the fence on whether I like it or not. It feels more realistic. But like, yeah, he he stabs her in the stomach, and her intestines start coming out. Uh, everything is just really, really graphic. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, what's her face? Not Annie. The other the other woman, the other girl. It's. Like her Is eyes are like bulging out as she's getting strangled. Yeah, that was grossing me out too. Yeah. Uh this novelization also gave us more time with uh, Loomis. Yes. Yeah. Well, that had to do with Donald Pleasance. They could only afford him for one week, and it took a third of the budget for that. Wow, I did not know that. Oh yeah. So the the movie, uh, most of the money was spent on using Steadicam, not Steadicam, but Panavision, uh, Panaview, I think is what it's called. Which is it's it's basically a type of Steadicam that Panavision did. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's everything's handheld in Halloween. I'm wondering if that would explain but, why he'd uh, like. <laughs> With them only having Donald Pleasance for a week, I'm just like, let's let's you know, let's make the most of it. Let's give him a gun, you know. Let's uh, let's Let, make it. Let's yeah. make him awesome, yeah. But that's why all his scenes feel rushed. <laughs> it's that yeah, I thought his part was kind of strange. Like in the beginning, it made sense, but then for him to be like, I'm gonna go camp out at this house and sit in their yard for oh, behind yeah. the bushes forever, <laughs> like holding a gun, and some kids walk up, he's like, "Get out of here!" It's like. <laughs> <laughs> then he starts walking up and down the neighborhood. And he sees a car, and he's like, "That's got to be it." He's like, "I can feel the presence of evil." It's just kind of a silly role, I thought. I love the debate stuff that he's having with the judge in the mm-hmm. beginning too. When yeah. Michael Myers yeah. is growing up, and you know, he's like, "Tell me what the problem is." He's like, "I can't explain it," but like everybody's bending down to his will, just doing what he is basically telling them what to do. I thought that was cool. 
Well, it was. It's like he's a mythical figure, and all these weird things happen to people who do him wrong. It's they kind of played on that in Halloween 2018, where like there's like and they're in the prison or the the mental facility, and there's like this one squared off space where Michael Myers is in. It's just like when he kind of slightly moves from it, everybody else starts freaking out. You know, like when he knew, realizes his mask is being pulled out. Hmm. So I was wondering if like. Like if maybe that's like tied in somehow. Might be. I don't know. Twenty eighteen is a lot of good ideas gone to waste. <laughs> if this book, it was so short, but it felt like a huge story, didn't exactly. it? Exactly. It is. It was complete. Perfect, it. Yeah, it is the perfect length for a movie novelization. It's something you modern writers need to understand. We don't need a four hundred page novelization. We don't. You need to be this sure. added so much. It added exactly. so much to the story. Yeah, there's like in there's like a altered dialogue, which I thought was you know some of it was actually you know an improvement. Yeah, uh, but uh, there was like additional scenes, like you know with the Celts and um, and you know extended scenes, like you know I mean it, I was impressed that they managed to squeeze all of that within like for an audiobook length. I think it was like around four and a half hours. Like that was very impressive. How that was pulled off oh yeah it's just like batman was a lot like this like all these vintage movie novelizations understand that you can add some things you can keep the story as a whole but you don't need to go that long a movie novelization shouldn't be revenge of the sith (laughs) all right like it doesn't have to be that long like or um Halloween 2018 too long the predator too long like alien covenant too long Halloween, Halloween kills. kills an hour into the audiobook i think it's too long like it's, it's yes, 312 pages it doesn't need he cut 100 pages out we it, it's like editors this is an editor thing you need to be able to edit in a quality way. And that's, I'm going to get off my soapbox now, (laughs) but like, it's like, because we do have some great writers in the paper movies. Oh yeah. Facebook group. And, and I think they're fantastic, but it's just something with these modern novelizations, which I'm very thankful. The novelizations are coming back into style, but like there's, there's a point. Rambo First Blood Part 2. That's a perfect example of a book that is the perfect length. Oh, yeah. Definitely. That was a good one. That's a good one. Man. But, like, like a lot of these ones that we... Dragon Slayer. Mm-hmm. Excellent. License to Kill. A little bit too long, but, like, it's sort of in that area. Like, it's like something happened. I remember <laughs> right. Go ahead. It's like either in the 90s or with this renaissance of movie novelizations. I remember Raiders was pretty uh, like short, too. And what was the other yeah. one? It was like X-Files was pretty. Well, yeah, it was fine. a short one. Yeah, that's true. It was too short of an uh, audio book. They just left the last chapter out. <laughs> the, the whole last chapter. But uh, like, what was your favorite edition 
that you found in this novel than in the film? It has to be the uh, the introduction. I agree. With, I, I did all that, that stuff with Michael Myers as a child, and like his setup for when he murders his sister was so brutal and just. I don't. The, the word awesome isn't appropriate, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like it was just set up. It was horrific. Very well. It was horrific, it, and it was told so well. And it's like, wow, this is this demented little child just actually. He did that. And like, I think it talks about it later on somewhere else, like maybe in the middle or at the end of the book when maybe Lori was talking about it or something of how, how the, he stabbed her. How many times? Like 40 something times or something, but 50 is what they estimate in court. And it was like all over her body. It is just so horrible, but I thought that was a great addition for me. And it's something that the Rob Zombie movie tried to do and failed at, although it's the best part of his remake, is Michael in the sanitarium and explaining Michael growing up in the fear. And you really start to realize he's not a human anymore. He's possessed by this evil Celt. And he is so evil. And he's done all these horrible things to people who have done him barely wrong. And, and like, and you understand Loomis's fear. I think that is my favorite part. Although just the whole overall adaption from the screen to a novel is just perfect. Yeah. What about Adam. Adams? Hmm? What about you? Oh, I, I said I agree with you. I like the stuff with oh. the beginning with the Celts and everything. Okay. Kind of like the little backstory behind it. Um, <laughs> there was one thing uh, that I thought was a little different. And I just, I, I could have, you know, missed it. But like at the end, I thought <laughs> Laurie Strode spent like the whole move, like, or the last half of the movie, just like trying to get away from Michael Myers. And it's just like, at the what's different is that you know when Loomis gets there and shoots him a few times and he falls through the window, she is insisting and demanding to go with him. She wants to see him dead too. And in the film, she was just like, "Is like was that the boogeyman?" Like, and I was like, I thought like while that's brave and everything, I was just like personally me, I would be like, yeah, I'm I'm leaving. You know, I, I believe you. He's dead. You know, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, she stabbed him in the neck, gouged out an eye, stabbed him in the genitals. Like, it, she fought him tooth and nail, and he just kept coming at her. Mm-hmm. She wanted to make sure he was dead. Yeah, I do get that, but at the same time, it's like, bye, I'm out of here, you know? <laughs> uh, it's, uh, but I did, that That was, a, that was an interesting touch, you know, it, it was different than the film, you know, like I said, like she was just like, just trying to get away from him. And, uh, but I did like some of the added scenes with Loomis, like in the sheriff, you know, they were just, you know, like, uh, you know, you get those hints that like the, sh- the, the sheriff's is just like, you know, like, uh, you know, it's not that big of a deal, but Loomis is like, no, and no one believes them. Like no one ever believes these people when they say, no, this person is dangerous. It's kind of like the whole, thing with jaws you know like no one believes there's a shark in there or they don't take it seriously but yet it always comes back and bites Mm -hmm. them in the butt no pun intended 
but so what would you guys rate this? Start with Adam. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a good, you know, adaptation. And like you said, it was the perfect link for movie novelization. You know, uh, I give it an A. Matthew. Well, I'm going to say because it added such good stuff in it, um, extended the book out and it still remained to be short. The had a good beginning, middle end tied up. Nice. I'm going to, the thing that I'm going to deduct from it was some of the graphic, like, sexual stuff i thought that it kind of took things a little bit too far and it got weird as like why are we reading going into this three-page sexual encounter when we could be talking about something else fair enough (laughs) so i'm because of that i'm going to deduct it down one letter grade to a b plus okay guys i'm gonna do a first here I give this a six out of five stars. Oh, wow. This is the best thing, in my opinion, we have ever done on this podcast. I understand why this is out of print. Even more than uh, Alien? Even more than Alien. Wow. Because Alien was a good book. Alien was was a really good book. book. Yeah. I don't don't know if I gave that a five out of five. Yeah, I don't remember. I know I don't remember. That was back in January. But yeah, no, I, this is the, this is the best thing I think we've read on this podcast. Hey, it's going to make next month's book club a little difficult. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's party time. It's party time. So Adam, what have you chosen for next month? I've chosen, I don't have it with me right now. Normally we show these at the end, but I've chosen a novelization by Steve Perry, The Mask, uh, the Jim Carrey film based on the comic book. Um, it kind of goes with like what we were just talking about. It seems like a pretty, uh, like, I don't think it's over 300 pages. I don't even think it's over 200 pages, but uh, I'll have to double check. But yeah, we'll be discussing the novelization to The Mask looking forward to that and the last i checked there was like one or two copies left on ebay so go get them guys get that copy and again if you want to read the how the novelization of halloween you can get it for around ten dollars i believe on kindle or if you want to like i said 80 slasher librarian produces these audiobooks you know from his youtube channel you know for free just so that way you guys can enjoy these types of novelizations yeah and if you want to check out more halloween reviews from paper movies check out last year's book club of halloween 2018 and or check out our single cuts I've done reviews of Halloween 2, 3, and 4 will be coming out in the next couple days. And possibly Halloween Kills. But it may not come out on Halloween. (laughs) It may be in November. Yeah, and those those single cuts are exclusive to the podcast. So pull up your, your Apple podcast or Spotify, wherever you can listen to podcasts. We'll be there. And there'll be more single cuts to come. Uh, We've all discussed, you know, ones that we want to tackle. I got one for Daredevil coming soon. And uh, and also. We're going to be there will be some changes to the channel soon, Uh, but we'll get into that later. Just a heads up on that. So, yeah. Yeah. It won't always be me talking on the single cuts. (laughs) 
I just got on a roll after this book and just kept reading on. Kept going. Kept going. <laughs> he, hit, he did a workout and had a Red Bull. He's like, let's do this. It's like Benny single cuts. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that was Halloween 1978. The night he came home. And this has been the Paper Movies Podcast. Hope you guys have a happy Halloween. Stay Gucci, everyone.